afternoon, technically. It is Sunday, the 7th of July. You might hear Vera around. She's going to be maybe participating, maybe not. But you might hear other sounds here and there, and that will be her. Probably, I, I guess. I can't tell you what you're hearing. I don't know what you're hearing. But if you're hearing sounds that are not me, such as maybe you can hear the coughing in the background, that would be Vera. I, I mean, again, probably. I feel like I, whenever I say something, my mind immediately goes, well, maybe not, because if you're hearing coughing in the background, maybe it's somebody else. It might not be from the recording. I think you know what I mean. I think you know what I'm trying to get at. Um, I could talk myself in circles and kind of chase my own tail for, for, for a long time if I just didn't get on with it and get moving. What am I going to talk about today? Uh, I don't have a specific thing that I would like to talk about beyond the move and how we're here, we're in Seattle, and how that's interesting and different. And what, what do I mean by that? Well, where I'm recording this right now is not where we thought we were going to be a week ago. We had a place all lined up to live, and it seemed like a good location. And, and it was. It was a fine location. It wasn't a bad location. But we hadn't seen the apartment other than a couple of I don't think we even saw pictures. Oh, we did. There were some pictures of the apartment. That's right. Um, on the Craigslist posting. Not a lot, but we had a general idea of, of what the place looked like. And when we got there, it, I wasn't surprised at all because it looked exactly like it did in the pictures, minus a bunch of furnishings that were in there in the pictures. The, the pictures were taken while somebody was still living there. But when we got to the place, it wasn't what we expected in terms of cleanliness and ready to be moved into I talked about this Vera and I both did on uh, the podcast that we did together called Whirlwind of New so if you've listened to that one then you already have an idea of what happened but I guess I'll just recap here the short version of the story is the place smelled like smoke very strongly it, it wasn't just a oh maybe one time somebody had a cigarette in the past five years. No, 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 it's not. I probably wouldn't have been able to pick that up. It, I mean, it just reeked of smoke. It was probably deep in the paint and definitely in the carpet. Um, it seemed more noticeable in the bedroom than the other places, but that could have just been because the whole place was completely opened up. And uh, part of me thinks maybe it was completely opened up the windows and the door and it was all opened so that that smell wouldn't be so noticeable. The the landlord, when he was there, he kept on insisting, why well, I, I don't smell anything, I don't smell anything. Okay, well, I don't really care what you do or don't smell. We do, and it's, it's, it's so noticeable that we're not going to be able to sleep well. It's going to cause us, it, it, it's going to make us start coughing. It's, it's just... It's it's gross. It's disgusting. I don't know if you've ever gone to somebody's house where they just, or an apartment, maybe an apartment or, or a motel room, maybe an old-timey motel room that just hasn't been updated in the last 30 years and, and smoking was legal back, I mean, up until 
not that long ago when you it just it just reeks everything it's just the pores of the place are are filled with with smoke vera took a a piece of paper towel and some cleaner and tried to wipe the window off in the bedroom it just had this hazy it was like looking through wax paper on it on the window and she got all this nasty muck off of it and I, clearly somebody had been smoking in there or it sure is I mean, we don't know that for a fact because we weren't there while the person was living there but it definitely seemed as though somebody had been smoking or if not in the bedroom then I don't know. I don't know. The guy that lived there, he was moving into the upstairs apartment, and he said that he never smoked inside. He kept on reiterating, I, I never smoked inside. I, I, I don't know. I, I never smoked inside. I would smoke outside, and I'd leave the door open sometimes, so maybe it blew in. Okay, yeah, that's true. And it could also be that the people next door in apartment four, we were going to be in five, also smoked. They were sitting right out on their porch smoking. So even, even if this place hadn't smelled like smoke. Let's just say it hadn't. Well, the guy that was living in that apartment was moving directly upstairs, is a smoker. Let's say he just did all of his smoking somewhere else. And, and we just didn't have that problem with the smoke. Okay, great. He's going to be living directly above us. I mean, four feet straight up. And he smokes. So that's gonna we're going to smell that. And then the people right next door to us smoke. So we're just going to be surrounded by smoke, even if that apartment was completely clean. And um, that's just not something that I'm good with, and neither is Vera. We both have smoked in the past, we both used to smoke, and at this point in our lives it's not something that we want anything to do with whatsoever. Um, it's just, it's, it's a gross habit, and it's extremely unhealthy, and it just makes you feel terrible or makes me feel terrible I don't know how it makes you feel uh, just I'm not a I'm not a fan of it and the landlord was saying oh well I, I can get the guy that does my painting he can come down here he's doing some painting painting upstairs he can come down and, and, and paint the apartment tonight okay that now well, it needs a hell of a lot more than a paint job it needs it needs like a top to bottom reset wash the walls rip the carpet and the padding out wash all below there. I mean, this needs way more work than you're going to get done in some sort of whiz-bang, bang-bomb-boom job in, in, in six hours. This needs a week or two of solid restoration. And uh, the landlord did not seem interested in doing that. He was kind of, well, I don't know, it's the fourth, and so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the carpet guy in here and kind of dragging his feet. And then Vera pointed out that there were some plants growing in through the walls. So it just... One thing kind of led to another, and we decided, ah, we let's go talk about this. Well, what are we going to do here? And so we just went around the corner and sat down on some uh, little parking, those little parking stopper things, little concrete dealies, and chatted and said, like, what, what, do we, what do we do here? If we tell him that we don't want the place, then we don't have anywhere to live. We've got nothing, and we're just rolling around with this U-Haul trailer and our SUV sleeping out of the back of it. I mean, that's not the worst position to be in, but there's certainly many better options than that. Having a place to live and a place to store stuff is, is a much better idea. We've got to return this trailer tomorrow. This was on the 2nd. We, it was due on the 3rd. 
and okay, well, we get a free month of, of uh, storage space, so I guess we could go and empty the trailer and put it in the storage space and then try and find a spot and just live out of the back of our SUV, maybe get a gym membership somewhere so that we can shower. We're just going through all these options. What do we do? I mean, I mean, and it just, everything was pointing to, well, we can't live here. We, we cannot live at this place. It, it's just no and I, I think it was either in that conversation or one later on where I said having done this trip with you this whole cross the country to Maine and then living in Michigan and just kind of being on the road in a sense I mean we were we had a permanent place in Michigan but it's all, most of our stuff or much of our stuff was in boxes and, and we didn't I never felt like it was home to us it was just kind of this transition place that we were just hanging out at until it was time to go to the next place it was kind of odd um kind of a very strange feel to that whole the past year and a half vera said it felt like coming waking up from a dream and i I, i've got to agree with that it it was very i don't want to say surreal because surreal isn't the right word surreal is like like coming back to seattle um or leaving michigan i guess I don't know which, maybe both. Um, it was like a, an extended vacation, kind of, but not really. Kind of a, I don't know what to call it, a, um, a journey of self-discovery, I guess. But it wasn't just self-discovery. It was it was mutual, like relationship discovery. I was commenting just the other day. We were we were driving over, and I was saying, boy, we we used to fight a lot because we were commenting on. We passed a coffee shop, and Vera, I asked, oh, have you been there? And Vera said, yeah, I think once. And went in there when I, was, I walked to work, and I think we were fighting. And I said, yeah, we used to do that a fair bit. And, I, and then I said, or she said, um, yeah, I guess we were getting our wiggles out. And I think and I, that feels accurate. It, it's it's not like we were, it was just pointless fighting. I don't, and we probably had a few of those, but many of our arguments that ended up in raised voices and never yelling or screaming very occasionally, very, very rarely saying things that we weren't real happy about later on and had to apologize for. Usually it was just kind of emotions running high, I guess would be a better way to say it. But we were 98% of the time respectful to each other, even in those times. Um, But having gone through all that wiggle working out, we're in a way better spot now than, than ever before. But my point to all this is when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do at that, that, that place, the apartment, it was either Vera or I commented on how having gone on this whole trip, I don't feel stuck with choosing this place or we don't, we didn't feel stuck. We felt okay with going, no, we can't live here and we'll figure it out. Everything always works out and we will figure something out. It's, we can't live there. We don't know what will, what will happen. We don't know where we're going to live, but we'd rather jump into that, that unknown and figure it out as opposed to just going with the, the crappy known. It's like the person that they realize that their job is bad. Maybe their coworkers are just really obnoxious to be around and their boss is commonly, constantly making snide remarks to them and just it's a bad toxic environment but they stay there one person one type of person stays there because 
I'm too scared to look for another job. They know what that is. They're exactly. They're they're what is it the the devil you know versus the one that you don't. There's some saying about that. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Um, and so a lot of people just stick with the devil that they know as opposed to going no. I'm going to leave this and I'm going to figure something else out. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'll figure it out. And that the decision to do that gets harder with the more burden that you have on you or the more responsibility, I should say, not burden. Um, like if you have kids and you're in a job and you think I'm living paycheck to paycheck, this job that I have is, is terrible other than the money that I get from it and even the money's not all that great. To make the decision to leave that so that you could go and, and potentially find something better, that's got to be really, really hard. I can't imagine how difficult that would be. I mean, it's, it's hard to do when it's just Vera and I and we're just jumping into that unknown. But we're a lot better with it and we're a hell of a lot more comfortable with it now than we would have been a year and a half ago. I mean, doing the, the trip across the country to Maine in the first place, that was... I look back at it now and I go like... Why, why, what was the, why was that such a good idea? Why did it seem so correct at the time? And I have no idea, but it did. And we're here now and all in all, I think it was a really good thing. I mean, I have now well over 300 stories on my website. I think it's probably closer to 400 at this point. It's probably over 400. We're in probably the best shape physically of our lives currently. Um, or or near it, uh, we eat better than we ever have before. I don't mean like really nice food. I just mean the the quality of food and, and how we eat is is much better than it had been in, in in years past. I don't know about years past. We've been on a pretty good, healthy diet for a while now. Um. So we said no, we can't live here, and we'll figure it out. And we jumped on Craigslist and started poking around and. I found a place that was, it's less than two miles from the last place that we lived. The place that we were going to be living at was like 0.9 miles, so let's say a mile from where I'm going to be working. I start tomorrow. And the place that we found was 0.8 miles north of that place, north, the east, a little bit east. And so a little bit closer to work, maybe a two minute decrease in, in walk time. A better neighborhood more quiet kind of a sleepy little area I guess this would just be called like I don't know it's still Ballard but I don't know what you would call this East Ballard Northeast Ballard West oh. Woodland West what Woodland West Woodland huh okay there's an elementary school oh okay nearby gotcha I don't know if I've ever heard of, of a, a woodland all right so we're in woodland apparently and woodland coffee is called what? Huh. Okay. I mean, that that seems like Ballard to me, though. Like where they're at. Yeah. It's just I think past fifteenth. Is Ballard? They go further west, and oh, that's okay. more. But there are many neighborhoods in between. Yeah. Like all throughout. Yeah, it's interesting about Seattle is you've got all these little neighborhoods, whereas in Detroit it was just towns. I mean, there's just Detroit. Or Royal Oak or Hamtramck or whatever. And, and I think all those are individual. Hamtramck might be a, like a, a neighborhood of Detroit. I'm not sure. Huh. It's subdivisions for a lot of the sprawled out neighborhoods. What about like Hamtramck? Do you know if that was... 
don't know. I don't know if there's a mailing address to Hamtramck. I know it's very close to downtown Detroit, but I don't know if that's a neighborhood or if, if like mail would say Hamtramck. I, I, I'm pretty sure I Detroit know. proper is seven miles south. Okay. So Hamtramck would be in Detroit. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a city as well. I don't know how it works. I don't know. I'm not sure. But Seattle, just Seattle proper, you've got <laughs> two dozen little neighborhoods, and then there's like kind of neighborhoods that are within neighborhoods, like Tangletown. If you said that, somebody might know, but uh, some other pe- some people that have only been here a little while, they might go, what, Tangletown? It's Green Lake. It's within Green Lake. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. Very specific park. Yeah, Green it's Lake. very specific, and it's just this one area where the streets are all kind of tangly, so people just call it Tangletown. Um, there's... Fremont and Ballard, and then kind of between the two, there's this weird area that people call Freelard, which mm-hmm. is, it, it's not even that big. It's just kind of this strip of area. So and it's just, just up the hill from that, Spinney Ridge. Yeah. And then, you, yeah, so there's all these little areas. So anyways, we're in a better spot and we're paying $300, maybe more, less in rent because what we were going to be paying was 1365 plus water and electric. So I don't know how much that would have been, but probably another hundred dollars a month. At least. Yeah. So let's say, let's say minimum. Let's just say minimum it's fourteen hundred dollars. What we're paying right now is eleven hundred. So we're saving three hundred in rent. It's, I don't know, maybe a little bit smaller than we were we were, where we were going to be at. Um, the one major downside to where we're at is that it doesn't have any sort of laundry setup. There's a laundry mat that's very very nearby so we just go like half a block east and then a block south and there's a laundry mat so we could walk there easily but we can also drive we've got this giant tote that we're gonna see we're gonna figure out how how large of loads we can take there so can we put it in two baskets can we put all of our clothes in this giant blue rubbermaid tote that we have can we do laundry once every two weeks? Can we do it? Do we need to do it once a week? We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. We did it once a week in Royal Oak, and that cost $3 for a whole load. And sometimes we ended up doing two loads. So it was either, I'd say we were spending between 12 and $18 a month on laundry. So if we can stay around that, keep it under $30 a month, on laundry that'll be pretty good it looks like they've got a really large system there whatever you don't care about me talking about laundry and whatnot I don't, I don't even care about talking about laundry I guess my point to all of this is that going on the adventure that we did which is what I'm just going to refer to it as this the the, the adventure of 2018 um, was good in a lot of ways it if you were to ask me well in what ways was it good well it helped us start working out more regular regularly regular regularly 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 doesn't really roll off the tongue no words that end with <laughs> ly have really tripped me up sometimes like Maybe that's similarly why you don't like them. similarly I think I got it right there. Similarly, yeah. Regularly. Similarly. <laughs> I don't know if I said that. That's okay. how you used to say it. Similarly, I think is how I would say it. Similarly. Anyways, um, 
it helped us because there was this this gym in Farmington was which was probably the best part about living there was it was so inexpensive. It was like a hundred dollars for both of us for three months <laughs> because it, it's just this community and center there and it part it was part of the, the the college but it's such a small town they're just like let's just open this up to the community and you can use it too for very little money um it was a good gym they had this whole walking i think it was an eighth of a mile circle that you could do or a like, track it was a an oval go on walks they had a good sized gym they had lots of workout spots they had basketball courts and areas where you could do all kinds of stuff. They had mats that Vera and I were able to do some jujitsu on, so it was, it was a good spot. We, I, I dug it. But that got us in the, the habit of working out in the morning, which we carried on to Michigan. We, we would, I'd say there were more days within the year that we I worked out, and same with for Vera, than, than did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that was just five minutes. Like today I've done two five-minute sessions, and I'm, I'm going to do two more at some point throughout the day. And breaking that up is it that's how things get done I have realized is is doing small things just again and again and again I used to think oh I'm gonna go and do this I'm gonna write half of a book today I'm just gonna sit down from the morning and just go 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 and that doesn't happen maybe it happens for some people and every once in a while you'll hear a story about how I think there's a story about Sylvester Stallone writing all of Rocky, the screenplay. I think it was written by him within like a 24-hour period. He just, he got this inspiration and he just went at it. And that's great. If that happens for you and you, you catch that wind and something just hits you and you just have to get it out and you just go and go and go, by all means, catch hold and go for the ride. Go with it. If it's making an album, I, I put this whole album together. I think there's probably a few stories of that. Some band goes into the studio and they just, they catch this creative tide and they just go with it in over the course of a weekend or, or three days, they have a whole album and it ends up being this, this a masterpiece. I, I, I can't think of any examples because I'm not really knowledgeable with music, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's probably some examples like that out there. Maybe not masterpieces, but maybe a song or, or a couple of songs. Yeah, they knocked out these two songs and they just, boom, they got it. Or a, or a half of a book or, or whatever it is, or, or a painting or yada, yada, yada. But if you're just waiting around for those things to come, um, good luck, good luck. I had this image in my mind the other day. We were talking, Vera and I were talking about... Um, playing the lotto and how um, what you're doing when you play the lottery in, in a sense this is the image that came to mind now I'm, I'm, this isn't like fact or anything it's just it's just the, the visual representation of what playing the lottery is to me and I mean actually going and buying like a scratchers ticket or or playing the powerball and choosing the various numbers what you're doing when you do that is trying to circumvent all of these other options that you could take to get somewhere near the same result. What I mean is the end result of winning the lottery is one specific thing. Now what that one specific thing leads to is a whole myriad of other things. But winning the lottery 
means you get a bunch of money. Now, what does you get a bunch of money mean? Who knows? That could mean a lot. I mean, it, it means a lot of things. What all does it mean? I don't know. It could mean that you're able to pay off your bills. It could mean that you're able to buy a home. It could mean that you go bankrupt. It could mean that you overdose on all of the drugs. It could mean that you get uh, an incredible array of of diseases because you went on some sort of sex tour of the world. It, it, it could mean that you drink yourself into a ditch and die with rats feeding on your ears in, in soft bits. Who knows? It, it could mean a whole lot of things. But before you get to all those other things, it means that you win a bunch of money. If you win, assuming you win. But to win the lottery, you have to all of these things, all, all of, a whole bunch of, of numbers and parameters and things have to fall into order in just the right specific way. So the image that I had was <clears throat> kind of like, if, if you know what a Plinko machine is, if you don't know what one is, look it up. I think it's P-L-I-N-K-O, and they're really popular in Japan. But you take these steel ball bearings and you drop them a little slot or something at the top and they hit all these pins and they bounce around ding dong dong ding dong 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 and depending on where they land you get points i think or maybe they're worth various things and the more points that you get the more that you you're able to redeem those for various things it's kind of it's just the game of chance and where the balls fall is what you earn and i don't think that they have actual gambling in japan so they get around that by you getting prizes so with you know, 20,000 points, you can get a, a PS4, or with 20 points, you can get a hat, or yada, yada, yada. Um, maybe a new phone, or maybe, I don't know, maybe once in a while, there's a whole car that you can get. My point is, when I saw the difference between playing the lottery and doing something again and again, whatever that is, um, working on some music, me writing a, a story each day, or part of a story, or working on a story, or whatever it is, doing something again and again, working out, eating well, is like trying to go up the Plinko machine backwards. So imagine you've got all these pins on this board, these little do 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 do, all these little nails. You've got a little ball, and it wants to get from the bottom to the top. Well, that's not easy. It's it's pretty hard, but. I guess going from the top to the bottom works just as easily. So you drop that ball on the top, and it goes boom, 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 all the way from the top all the way to the left. Just goes left, 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 just perfectly hits each of those pins, left, 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 and then it goes straight down and drops into the 10,000 point, uh, whatever, dish at on the farthest left. Well... The chances of that happening are exceptionally low. I don't know how low they are, but it's really, really low. And I don't know what would cause that. Maybe the way that the earth is turning at a certain point, or maybe if there's a vibration, or I mean, any number of, uh, an in, almost an infinite number of tiny variations in, in just how things are working out right then. What's more likely is that you drop that Plinko ball and it goes pretty much straight down. I mean, it's gonna find the path of least resistance, so that's what it's gonna do. 
I mean, if you can imagine a board with a whole bunch of pins evenly arrayed and you drop 10,000 Plinko balls down it, little steel ball bearings, little beads, most of them are going to end up in the middle and you'll have this, 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 I don't know, this, this hill kind of effect that is very tall in the middle and then it spreads out and the smallest parts of the hill are at the far edges. So by playing the lottery, you're hoping that this one chance, this one thing, this, this ticket that you buy ends all the way on the far side. When in reality, the chances of that happening are so low that you're better off just going with what is going to end up going straight down. I, I know I've used a lot of words to try and explain this. My point is that playing the lottery is enticing because the promise, the, the, the guarantee, it's not a promise, it's not a guarantee, the the lure of it is that you'll get to skip all of that hard work. You're going to get to do what nobody else has done. It's kind of like the 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 promise of the golden ticket in Willy Wonka. If you are the chosen one, you get all the, these privileges that nobody else does. You get to be the special one. But anybody can be that special one if they put the work in. But the problem there, the challenge, is that you have to put the work in. And people go, I don't want to do this day after day. I just want to do it once and get all the benefit. I want to go and I want to sit down and plunk on a guitar and have it be the best song that the world has ever heard and put it on SoundCloud and put it on YouTube and then just be an instant millionaire. Well, that's not that, that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, but it happened for so-and-so. Did you hear about the story of... Billy McBilly, he made a he he put a, a single out there and it just got Drake was online and, and he happened to click on it and he found it. Okay, so we won the lottery. Ha, th those stories are so so far and few between that trying to um, emulate it is is ridiculous. That it trying to emulate or or replicate. That's what I want. Replicate those crazy one-off success stories is like trying to copy the guy that won the lottery. Yeah, well, didn't you see that Bob McJones won the lottery? So I, if he did it, I can too. Oh, okay. M maybe. But you could also go into a music store and look at all the albums. You could go into a bookstore and look at all the books. How many of those albums and how many of those books were made in an afternoon, and how many of them took years, took time, took research and and effort to to try again and again and again and come back and, and rewrite it and, and work on it day after day after day. Those stories are way more common than the one-offs, but yet people don't look at all of this data staring them in the face going look here's the answer the answer is that you do it again and again and again i mean vera and i have played hundreds of games of magic the gathering probably thousands at this point uh, just between each other and we are way better at the game now than ever before when we don't know something when it comes to rules we've got the internet that's one of the great resources that we have at our fingertips 
So if we're not sure, a little bit of Googling and we can figure it out. It was some uh, yesterday, we were trying to figure out if a double strike creature, if blocked, deals the second uh, iteration of damage to the opponent, or if it's blocked and all of it is blocked. The answer is that all of it is blocked. So if you got a double, double strike creature, unless it has trample, um, th then things are different. But assuming it doesn't have tr trample, then all of it's blocked. Okay, cool. It's just like uh, you got this big dude out there and he swings his sword twice and a little soldier runs up and puts his shield up and the first swing swats him away and the second swing just hits air. It doesn't hit anything, but it doesn't get to you, the general, on the other side. Um, I, oftentimes I do that kind of thing with, with magic. I'll, I'll imagine some sort of battlefield scenario because it helps me visualize why this is happening this way. It might not happen that way actually in an actual battlefield, but when I put it in terms of magic and then I kind of wrap a little story around it, it makes me go, okay, I, I can see how that works. And it, it makes sense to me. I don't know what that means. A visual learner, a visual storytelling learner, something like that. All right, well, I guess I'll wrap this up here. Um, what, what, do, what do I want to end with? I guess that two things. One, I see the benefit in doing something again and again and again. The trouble and the difficulty is finding that thing that you're willing to do again and again and again and again. But I think that you just pick something. You pick something like working out in the morning or eating healthy, and then a ripple effect will come about where once you start working out and you just tell yourself, look, I'm gonna, you start with something so insanely simple that it would be just bonkers if you couldn't do it. For example, I'm gonna work out for one minute tomorrow, one minute. I'm gonna set a timer on my phone for a single minute and I'm gonna work out for that time. And I'm gonna do push-ups or sit-ups or lift something heavy that I have here, whatever it is, one minute. And then the next day you go, and then if you finish that minute, you go, okay, wow, that was really easy. I, I'm gonna do two more minutes. Okay, fine. But you just make a goal that is almost impossible to fail at. You make it so simple. So you do that. And then the next day you, you, you turn it up a little bit. Okay, okay, one minute, that was just way too easy. I'll, I'll go two minutes. So you do two minutes. Okay, that, that was still too easy. So the next day you go, all right, let's, let's go five minutes. Five minutes, I'm gonna do that for a week. I'm gonna do five minutes for a week. So you, you do five minutes, five minutes, five minutes for a whole week. And then maybe you go, okay, I'm gonna do five minutes after when I wake up and then five minutes after I get home from work. So you're doing 10 minutes a day. It's broken up by your whole work day, but that's, that's fine. You're still getting 10 minutes in. Now you're doing 10 minutes a day. And that's 10 more minutes than you were doing a week. That's 70 minutes a week if you're doing 10 minutes a day. That's more than an hour every week that you're working out. And you just got there by doing something that was so easy and so simple, it was challenging to fail at it. I mean, finding five minutes in, at one point in the day and then another five minutes at another point in the day, if you can't find those two five-minute sections, I mean, forget that. Let's say you can't find two or a single three-minute session. That's nuts. That's how Vera and I started working out. I told myself, I'm not doing anything. I gotta start with something. So I started with four minutes. If I can't find four minutes, I told myself, something is very wrong. And lo and behold, I was able to find four minutes to work out very easily. It was not a challenge at all to get four minutes in. 
and then that grew and grew and now it's just kind of this thing where I do five minutes here five minutes there just whatever <clears throat> once you start doing that then you start to see oh wow I guess it is that simple and then that mentality of doing the thing again and again and again will start to spill out into other things oh I'm gonna eat uh, some kale once a week okay now I'm gonna make it twice a week okay now I'm gonna make it three times a week and it's gonna be with breakfast each time all right I never really liked kale but now it's kind of grown on me and I figured out different ways to cook it and now I'm getting more really leafy greens in my diet oh this is good and I, I feel more healthy and after I do the workout and I go and eat something I, I'm just feeling better boy how amazing how that's incredible how that works and then it just I don't know you you go and figure out something else I, I don't I don't know what it is maybe it's schooling I'm gonna take one class all right and then you go and do that one class boy that was not hard at all I was able to figure that out and put that in or I'm gonna work on music or, or for me it's writing like I found a story here or not a story I found a little picture and I'm gonna write a story for it and then the other thing that Vera and I found out together is that um, Every, things just work out if there's a if there's a will and a desire and and the ability to keep your eyes open and pay attention you will find things and opportunities will just present themselves to you um, I don't know who it was I think it was like Grant Morrison or somebody said or maybe he was quoting somebody else but something like when you're when you're living a more true life or when you're in alignment synchronicities will happen more often and uh, that definitely seems to be the, the case there's often times in my life these days where I'm kind of confused about if I'm in waking reality or a dream and a deja vu moments will happen on a regular basis for me I'm just going didn't I do that or what didn't that happen like time is just really weird these days and it's not unsettling I just kind of go with it and it's just sort of huh interesting I'm pretty sure I knew that was going to happen exactly that way it happens a lot in magic my opponent will use something like thought erasure to reveal my hand and take a card out of it that's really problematic for him and then I'll draw that exact same card that happens that has happened dozens of times for me and it's just so commonplace now where I just kind of smirk and go oh, of course that obviously that happened because I, that's just how it works now for me I, I don't get it I don't understand it but neat um, or I don't know different things with my writing and, and uh, how I've been contacted by different people and they're they're they like what I, I write and um, I hope I have more to say on that in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll wrap this up here at the 40-minute mark. My advice to you is figure something out that's good for you and just do it again and again and again and uh, take chances. You'll find out all kinds of interesting things about yourself and the world. Okay, I love you. Bye.